Sky Carumba, June 18th through 24th, 2023. In the last few weeks, we saw Mars march through the Beehive Cluster in the evening sky. Venus swiped the cluster last week. Now Venus is gaining on Mars as both head from Cancer to Leo. They won't make it to the Lion this week, but they'll get a visit from a waxing crescent moon on Wednesday and Thursday. The moon started the week new and waxes to first quarter next Monday. It looks like Venus is going to catch up to Mars and pass it. But remember, Venus was at greatest elongation on Sunday the 4th. That's when it's as far as it gets from the sun in the sky. So you must understand, Venus will turn around soon. It doesn't look like it because the planet's still moving eastward or directly against the stars behind it. The sun is moving eastward faster, though, and we're only about three weeks from Venus going westward against the stars. Mars will continue on an eastward trek. Saturn stays in Aquarius and rises in the late evening close to midnight. During dawn, Jupiter's moving eastward close to the head of Cetus the sea monster. And get a sky chart or use a planetarium program to spot Uranus also moving eastward in the morning sky between Cetus's head and the Pleiades. Get binoculars for the view, too. The big event most people will be concerned about this week is the solstice. It's on Wednesday at 1458 Universal Time. That's the moment when the sun will be farthest north of the equator. More precisely, the Earth's axis will be tilted most toward the sun from the north side. On a globe where you see the Tropic of Cancer, that's the latitude from which the sun is directly overhead at high noon on June solstice day. It's about 23 and a half degrees from the equator. It's called the Tropic of Cancer because some 2,200 years ago, the sun was in the constellation Cancer on that day. Using the International Astronomical Union's constellation boundaries, the sun's in the far western part of Taurus at northern solstice now. It's ready to cross the line into Gemini, just north of the boundary with Orion. Visually, the sun would be almost at Gemini's feet. With the solstice. The northern hemisphere gets its longest daylight periods, and the southern hemisphere gets its longest nights. Far enough north, the sun never sets. It may seem to hover above the horizon around local midnight. And far enough south, it's night around the clock. And of course, in the northern hemisphere, this is called the summer solstice. Many people like to think it's when summer begins, but I'm in the camp that thinks this is when summer is already underway. In other words, it's not the solstice at the start of summer, it's the solstice during summer. I read somewhere that even in the southern hemisphere, where it's winter, people call it the summer solstice. Well, I met someone from Australia, and he told me that's false. Of course, you can contact me at Sky Caramba to let me know otherwise. At high noon on the June solstice day on the Tropic of Cancer, you won't see shadows. But the farther you go north or south from that latitude... You do see shadows, and the longer they get because the farther the sun is from being directly overhead. An ancient Greek mathematician named Eratosthenes used that fact to figure out something about the world we live on. Contrary to popular belief, not everyone in the 3rd century BC thought the earth is flat. The Greeks knew better. Eratosthenes hired a bematist, that's someone who professionally measures long distances, to measure the distance between two cities. Cyan is on the Tropic of Cancer and Alexandria is about 7.8 degrees north of it. 
Eratosthenes used mathematics to show how far around the Earth must be for there to be no shadows in Cyan and shadows of whatever lengths they were in Alexandria at the same time. His figure was 252,000 stadia. We're not sure exactly how long one stadion was. Part of the problem is measurements weren't standardized across all of Greece. According to one scholar's study about 50 years ago, 252,000 stadia would be about 39,740 kilometers, or 24,699 miles. The values measured with today's instruments for the Earth's polar circumference are 40,008 kilometers and 24,860 miles. Now, that sounds pretty close. Some people marvel at that accuracy, but there are some problems. Like I just said, we aren't sure exactly how long a stadion was. Eratosthenes believed that Cyan and Alexandria were due north and south of each other, too, and they're not, so an assumption built into his geometry equations was wrong. He also modeled the Earth as a sphere, and it's actually slightly squished at the poles, and we're not sure just how the Bematists measured the two cities' distances. They were known for walking, with very carefully controlled footsteps to measure distances. It doesn't seem likely they could do that, though, with such precision over such a long distance, so some have speculated that they used wheels and odometers. Perhaps the worst problem of all is that there are no known surviving copies of the work that Eratosthenes wrote detailing his measurements and calculations. However, mistaken assumptions and measurements aside, his reasoning was sound. If the givens were true, he would have calculated an accurate value for the Earth's circumference. Sky Caramba.